What is life? What is death? What am I doing here? Who am I without? I sat up in bed and I realized in that instant of sitting up in bed and breathing, I went, Ugh! like this breathing in air. I realized I hadn't been breathing the whole time that um, I would have been in this experience. And I made that sound so loudly, it woke Tony up. And he sat up and said, what's wrong, what's wrong? And I said, I don't know, but my life will never be the same again. It got bigger and bigger and brighter and brighter until it was filling in every direction and it was made up of lights and flames and white and just got closer and closer and then all of a sudden it hit me. But suddenly there was like this, kind of like this portal just opened that there I could just sense that I have access to all the information in the universe. So I had like this very deep connection with my team, offered up this prayer and Within like two months, my entire life fell apart. So, <laughs> you know, spirit doesn't mess around. And when you ask, it is always given. And then in that dream, I understood that I am, what I am is mirrored throughout the whole cosmos, that it's part of, I'm part of all of that. I am. Uh, literally part of everything in the cosmos and all of that is part of me. It can be seen by me through these, these mirrors. And so I felt like this web of life, you cannot unplug from it. You cannot get out of it. No matter what you do, you are in it and it is glorious. And all of that energy and potential and creativity and possibility is ours. And that we, all of the universe is reflected in our very being, in our very selves and everything that we are is reflected throughout the whole universe too. There is no separateness. There is no such thing as anything being separate. In 2020, what a ride. My life is a hundred thousand times better than I ever imagined it could be.
Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Buddhist Biohacker. My name is Lisa, and I am your mystic guide in this wild world that we live in right now. And I am so excited because I am back with Christine Shaheen for another episode of Ancient Future. Welcome back, Christine. Thank you. Yeah, love it. <laughs> yeah, I talk about a wild ride. Yeah, it's been really... Um, I, I just feel like there's so much energy. It's so dense. And yet, you know, it's just what we need, I feel. It's like this is what we were, you know, I love your videos. And it's like, why did you come here? Do you know why you came here? I'm like, well, I think to experience this really dense energy, you know. <laughs> That's what I'm, I'm feel, feeling. You know, it's funny, Lisa, because, um, you know, I have a, a slew of kids. And so when they're growing up and you, you try to keep them focused on good things and stuff. And I would always say, uh, this is happening for you and not to you, right? Mm-hmm. This is happening for you and not to you. So this morning I'm getting ready to come see my mama, which, you know, I'm in her space right now. Is like feeling all this energy and it's just everybody saying the same thing. Wow. Wow. You know, and I was like, well, this is happening for you and not to you. And I'm like, okay, I haven't figured out what the for, <laughs> what the for, but, uh, <laughs> but I'm, I'm holding on to that, that it is happening for us and not necessarily to us. So I like that so much. And it's you know, like your butterfly, you know, we were yeah. looking at your beautiful butterfly before and, you know, it's happening for us to whatever, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that perspective. Cause I know we were talking just before we came on the air. I was like, I'm so glad I'm spending the afternoon with you. <laughs> <laughs> because it is, you know, it's easy for us to get caught up in, um, in the to you part, don't you think? Getting caught mm -hmm. up in what's happening to us and what's affecting us instead of recognizing that it's actually always a support. I guess that's a shadow work, you know, is recognizing mm -hmm. that it's a support mm -hmm. even when it doesn't feel that way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so again, you know, from before uh, coming on uh, in our little conversation, um, yeah, I just so enjoy interacting with you and it doesn't feel like, you know, it's stressful and it just feels like I get a chance to catch up with you and it's kind of our cutie, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it is. It's it's the little goddess hour, I yeah. think. I love it. It's our goddess hour. And um, look at the goddesses with us. Hi, Eileen, who's a new member to the YouTube channel. So welcome, Eileen. And hi, Sid. And hi, Carrie. Love you guys so much. And, you know, we're going to be talking about Bridget today um, is the goddess today. But, you know, I'd love for you to share who your favorite goddess is in the chat. We'd love that. And why? And why that goddess resonates with you. Yeah, yeah. And for those of you who are new to the channel or new to the show, Ancient Future, you know, Christine and I just thought it would be really fun to talk about how these incredible technologies and, and healing practices and all these things from the past are really stepping back into our future and 
Today, we're going to dive a little bit into junk DNA, which I think is going to be kind of fun and interesting because I don't know that either of us are experts in it, but we know enough that I think it's worth talking about. So for those of you in the audience, please share about that as well and what you think and what you know about junk DNA. And then we're going to talk about the goddess too. So what do you think, Christine? What are your thoughts about today? I Man. just love your mandala. Isn't that amazing? That's it's just gorgeous. So pretty. I cleaned my office. What yeah. I, I took everything out of it. Cause if you remember, I had like that yeah. baker's rack behind me. Yeah. And I had this huge bookshelf. It was so tight. I took everything out and all I have is a small bookshelf and this mandala. That's beautiful. Uh, it's huge. Yeah, it is. And it's a decal. You know, I got it from UK. I don't remember the company, um, but it's one of those decals, but it's beautiful. And I thought it matches my eye, which you can kind of see. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. So I thought, so I have this idea that this eye that I painted, you know, that eye I painted just about a year ago. I mean, it really was a year ago, really, because I wanted to call in all the indigos to connect with me and my community and look at the community we built. And so I have this idea. So I don't know how long this mandala will be here because I, as much as I love it, I'm, I'm thinking about recreating that eye and painting my oh, own mural on this entire wall. Isn't that a great idea? Right? That's a great idea. And I have to say, I had a dream uh, recently that had these colors and uh, and I reached out to Julie Hoyle and she said, you can do this. You can figure this out. I was like, okay. So, and then um, just exploring those colors. Um, the blue is uh, for service, helping service. The turquoise is uh, the plant, the color for the planet. Mm. Right? Yeah. Yeah, and so um, so these colors were really prominent in my dream, and there it is wow. in a mandala behind you. When we logged on, I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the turquoise, too, is the color of the high heart chakra, which mm. they call the soul. So it's really about, like, sitting in your own mission Mm. space and why you came here and so i love that so much and it's it's so the weird. the colors of communication and the throat chakra and so for me these colors just like you're saying they're really special and important and you know my little painting over here mm -hmm. you know you guys can't see it um because i covered it up with paint but i actually um painted in blue um indigo the word indigo uprising those are the words indigo right. uprising um over and over and over probably 60 times and then i wow. painted the eye over top of it so i think i'm going to do the same thing with this fall that's great yeah i think it'll be really cool and profound and awesome <laughs> yeah and it's going to be an awesome experience for you mm -hmm. and then an awesome result for us so that's great I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. Well, I want to dive a little bit yeah. into junk DNA. I want to share with everybody what the heck it is. And then we can talk about why we like what we think it really is, because junk DNA is kind of an icky phrase, I think, which is part of why I wanted to talk about it. 
but I just kind of want to share with everybody a little bit about what junk DNA is. So essentially science has these parts of the genome that don't have functional code that they're aware of. So like, specific proteins do different things. You know, they manage different parts of the system and they have this coding that does things. And so what they're saying is, so I'll kind of read this sciencey part, um, but there are these non-coding DNA in the genome. So 98.5% of human genetic material doesn't produce proteins, which means that they don't know what the function is, 98.5%. So, I mean, it kind of reminds me of um, the, the, I don't want to call it a hypothesis or the reality that we only use like 10% of our brain, right? And now mm -hmm. you're saying like 98% of this DNA is un, undiscovered, really. They call it junk. But you know what that brings me back to is that quote, God don't make no junk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? Totally. God don't make no junk. So why are we calling it junk DNA? Just because we don't have the understanding of what it is at this point. Mm -hmm. right? And, and it, that also makes me ponder when everybody's saying got science i mean i love science and and i'm like a science geek but at the same time science is ever evolving so it's not like it's a fixed thing right so it's like some of the stuff that we thought were real and tangible and probably was real and tangible for a period of time has morphed and maybe through through our convictions or our understanding they were more real than they are now so it's it's a fun place to be i think if we can uh, if we can have some kind of grounding in the rabbit hole so mm -hmm. yeah well yeah i agree i mean i think that's why i love quantum physics and yeah. reading about quantum science because they're always you know there was there was string theory, then there's super string theory, then there's super, super string theory. And they're saying, oh, there's 11 dimensions. No, there's 33. No, there's 44. No, there's all these other dimensions. Like even Einstein went back and like created a new theory from his original theory. Right. right. It's actually really fascinates me, by the way. Like, doesn't it fascinate you? I mean, you think you found the answer to something. Right. And then later you're like, oh no, that's not the answer. There's this other thing. Right. And it is just awakening. It's like this unfolding for right. all of us as humans. Like we think, just like we think we're the only ones here, but right. there's more and more information that we're not and that right. there's all these other energies out there. And I think that's true for, for this junk DNA is that really we just only know one and a half percent of the functions of our genetic structure. And isn't that amazing? Because that means we don't even know what the other stuff is doing and look at what we're creating just from what we know. And there's these whole other pieces. And I was thinking about this because I, I wanted to talk about this today and I was excited to talk to you about it because 
I think that the light code activations, these, these energy activations we're receiving and that are coming from other spaces are actually activating new genetic structures, you know, and there's a lot of conversation, like moving from the double helix to the triple helix to the, you know, five, you know, the quintuple helix and all this nonsense. I say nonsense. It's not really nonsense, but I think the point is there's all these pieces and parts of ourselves that we're not even activating, which, which goes in line with epigenetics. There's genes that we can turn on and there's genes we can turn off, you know? Yeah. So, you know, um, Lisa, when you said nonsense and then you said, well, it's not really nonsense. And, you know, from our last conversation on ancient future, we were saying how there are words in front of our face that have meanings to us now that are, that we don't really, like nonsense means it just doesn't, make any sense so why wouldn't it be nonsense it's just not making sense right yeah yeah and pretend you know i love it i love pretend (laughs) and uh you know i it's funny because people say you can't just start saying things like defining words like that but no if you understand latin and roots and you know i took some latin uh, I wasn't the A student in Latin, but I remember some stuff about that. But you have your, you know, pre is before and tend is to nurture and take care of. So you're nurturing and taking care of something before it happens. So when we say to our little ones, well, go pretend, right? Go make believe. Well, you're making a belief, you know? Oh, and this is nonsense, but it's it's nonsense in that it's just not making sense. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what do you think we do with all this? You know, I was thinking a lot about the Lemurian culture because when you read about Lemuria, I mean, these these beings were light. They lived off liquid light. They they were telepathic. And I think that has to be in our genetic structures that's been like shut down or turned off and part of this junk DNA is really this concept of opening up these structures again, opening up our telepathic powers, our clairvoyance, opening up our ability to be light. Like, don't you think? Oh, I absolutely agree because Lisa, in some of our story, and I'm refraining from saying history, right? Just because, Mm -hmm. you know, who's to claim it, Uh, a him or a her, but, in our story, we have been told that we used to be light worshipers, light worshipers, right? But if we really consider if that is a worship or if that was a consumption, right? There are certain times of day that you can look at the sun and it's not going to burn your cornea, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, And people would go at you know, for the sunrise or the sunset, and they would expose their bodies to the sunlight. And I remember Lena, Lena Moon, you know, she uh, had gone out to Portland, Oregon early in uh, after college and stuff like that. And she um, called me one night and she said, Mom, I just met this person that has been um, 
practicing human photosynthesis for I don't even know how many years, so I don't want to say it. But when you talk to Lena Moon, you might want to ask her about it. And so I was like, human photosynthesis, this makes so much sense because we need the green plants. And what's to say that we can't ourselves also do that? Um, and so what you're saying about Lemuria and being beings of light makes so, total sense to me. You know, and I really feel that um, when we get lighter on our, how part of how we can get lighter on our frequencies is what we consume. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So interesting. Jumping down at rabbit hole with you girl again. I know. I love it though. <laughs> well, and let's talk about consuming because man, I'm, the struggle is real. You know, my, my, uh, my health journey this last year has not been great, right? I've been busy and kind of just on YouTube. (laughs) And, but at the same time, I'm going through these spiritual changes. And I'll tell you what, like when you talk about vibration and energy, I'm definitely feeling that real push of like, it's time to let go of some of the things that I've been eating, you know, and going into things that really feel light in, in the sense of that word, not not light versus heavy, but light versus dark. You know what I mean? Uh Oh, did I freeze? Yeah, I, you did freeze a little bit. So can you just go over that just a bit? Yeah, I can. I was just saying that like, I definitely see the need to change and to transform my diet even further, you know, to things that are light, that are vibrationally high, that are more connected and and looking at what those foods are, because it feels like that's changing a little bit too. Um, When you talk about consumption and I think like, as we, you know, it's proven in epigenetics that as we consume different things, we turn on different parts of our genetic structures. So it seems like if you consume high vibrational foods, Right. right. Then you're going to see those structures turn on that maybe yeah. weren't active before. Yeah, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then understanding, too, that consumption doesn't just happen orally. Right? Yeah. It happens through breathing. It happens through um, absorption. Yeah. You know, so what we put on our skin gets absorbed directly into the bloodstream within you know, 60% within uh, 20 seconds. Wow. Right? 60% of what we put on our skin gets absorbed uh, directly into the bloodstream within 20 seconds. So, um, and then inhaling. Inhaling is a huge way of consuming. And so a lot of what we're learning around, um, you know, our body's ability to uh, have immunity is you know, and it's coming out more and more that a lot of uh, our challenges are environmental. Um, And we've been saying this for at least, you know, I know I've been involved in it for at least 30 years and there've been precursors before my day. So, um, you know, these are very real things. And so we don't wanna just be like, oh, this is the only transmission method know what is in my town that may be contributing to air quality uh, or, 
you know, other ways of compromising my immune system and um, is the only solution, you know, something that I take or is it something that I can correct in my environment along with some, uh, you know, other methods of consumption. So it's, it's like, it's complex, you mm -hmm. know, and yet so simple, mm -hmm. right? Because once you know, it's like, well, remember um, the whole thing about, I'm trying to remember the explorer who was searching for the fountain of youth, right? Was that Magellan? I, I'm not going to say who, but because I can't, I can't uh, guarantee I'm correct. But I do remember, you know, uh, here learning in school that there was, uh, I think he was a conquistador or something, and he was out there looking for the fountain of youth, the fountain of youth, and then, you know, Standing Rock happened, and what, what's the expression is water is life, right? And so here we are, we, we're starting to make these connections of like, well, fountain of youth and water is life. I mean, these are, they're in front of our face. Mm -hmm. Our understanding of them has been changed. Yeah. You know, so instead of it being nonsense, like, well, that's ridiculous. It's like, well, it's not making sense right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and going into our show topic, ancient future, you know, the thing about water is we need that. Oh, it's Ponce de Leon. That's right. That's right. Great. Somebody jumped in. Yes. They said awesome. it's Ponce de Leon. Thank you. Yes. Oh my gosh. She said down in Florida. Thank you, Sylvianne. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But, you know, talking about ancient future, you know, clean water was something that we had readily available to us in the ancient times in, yeah. in most locations and most. Yeah. And it's gone like full circle to where now, like, again, we're looking at, well, how do we have clean water? I mean, I have filters on all my showers at my house because what I learned with my genome analysis um, was that I have enough genetic mutations that toxins really don't leave me very easily. <laughs> they build up instead. So clean water, clean air, clean food is yeah. necessary for my body to be joyful. And, um, you know, that's true for all of us. And so I think as we go forward into the future, seeing what happens with our water technology is going to be quite amazing. And yeah. it goes back to that idea of living off of liquid light. And what was that like, you know, and does your water feel like liquid light? What an interesting um, contemplation when you're drinking water. So speaking of drinking water, somebody gave me this awesome bottle, right? And it's uh, the Emoto mm -hmm. Peace Project. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, um, on this uh, glass, it says, uh, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. And then it says the Emoto Peace Project. And then there's the crystal of the water molecule, right? So oh. those simple little things that we can do. I mean, again, 
you know, they don't make sense to somebody who lives maybe in a very different reality um, of understanding. But to those of us that understand that impact um, and just getting a plain bottle, and I used to do it before I got this, um, and I would just take a clear tape and I would, you know, write joy on it or uh, abundance or health and just let it sit in the sun. And um, it's just fascinating what his work has provided us mm. with that understanding of water. And, you know, as an environmental activist for years, I um, and coming from Orthodox Christianity, um, there is this uh, patriarch, uh, his name is Bartholomew, and he is called the Green Patriarch. And he's the green patriarch because he uh, created services around God's creation, care, and all of this stuff. But he came to New York State one time, and he literally um, was blessing, like, I'm trying to remember it, which body of water it was, because we, you know, we have some places that can be pretty toxic in the environment, uh, and he took clean water and he's, you know, dousing the river um, with the clean water and making the prayers. So, and the intention, mm -hmm. right? The prayers are our intention. Um, and when people sometimes would say to me, well, you know, recycling doesn't work because um, there's no closed loop end. I'm like, yeah, but isn't it important for you to do it regardless if they're actually doing their part of the commitment is this not your part of the commitment and every time you place a plastic um bottle in the plastic bin or glass in the glass bin isn't that your intention isn't that your prayer isn't that your and doesn't that in some manner also count in this hologram of intentions you know mm -hmm. so it's so interesting man yeah it really is you know it makes me think you know i wonder how many symbols we could put like you're making me think about the symbols like with the water and i think man if we took like this mandala if we took ancient symbols and put them on our dishes, on our water bottles, like in our spaces, what kind of shift that would have and what would that well, activate? I think that's fabulous, of. Lisa. And actually, if we go to archeology span and we see those ancient symbols on their potteries, and, right? Yeah, I mean, that's true. It's really fun. Talk about ancient future, you know? Yeah. No, I think you just hit the nail on the head. Start Man, I want to go look for some sacred geometry dishes. Somebody's got to make them somewhere. <laughs> if not, Jadakasa yeah, will have to provide it. <laughs> Seriously, I'm like, I'm going to look it up right now. Good. And, uh, you know, for everybody who's joining us in the live, thank you so much for joining. And um, we're going to switch gears into our goddess focus, I think. Um, but would love to hear from each of you here who are joining us in the live who your favorite goddess is, because that's part of 
what this is all about. This is herstory hour, goddess hour. Um, so yes, there are sacred geometry dishes. There are some, and it looks like they're mainly in Etsy. So if anybody is shopping for um, sacred geometry dishes, it doesn't look like there's any like dinner dishes though, Christine. It looks like they're cool dishes. We we need we need functional sacred geometry dishes. That'll be another project for us later. Yeah, so. <laughs> you know, Lisa, we should talk after the show. Okay. Okay. I'm down. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about Bridget. Let's talk about Bridget. So Lisa, um, before we, you know, came live, I had said to you, I said, well, you know, uh, it's good that we picked Bridget because yesterday was St. Patrick's Day, right? Mm -hmm. And she, um, Bridget is um, associated with Ireland. Mm -hmm. And we know that and we love and we bless St. Patrick, but we do know that, you know, he was in a patriarchal kind of system there. And, uh, you know, trying to explain um, the Trinity by the clover leaf and all of that, uh, as uh, one of our members in Ajatakasa had brought to our attention. Um, and in um, some of our other uh, rituals in orthodoxy, there was like, um, I'm going to say St. George slew the dragon, right? So in all of these symbolisms, there's this place where uh, herstory was adulterated, if not totally erased. But uh, so Bridget, I'm really happy to bring her to our awareness today since uh, we had this wonderful, uh, even though it was mostly remote, I think YouTube had some really wonderful um, St. Patty's Day sort of virtual parades and stuff like that. And it's just wonderful to see the Irish people be, um, they're so resilient and they're just so lively and their dance is just so, and music is just so uplifting, you know? And it's a culture that has been compromised for a long time, you know? Um, and so I feel like there's such a great example of how to stay focused in really challenging times. Um, and so here we are with our Bridget. And, um, and what I learned about Bridget, what I learned about Bridget was from an Irish girlfriend who, um, uh, is also a um, clinical herbalist, and she said that Bridget had greeted and scared the uh, Roman warriors when she met them naked, uh, and I think her body was painted, and she was ready for, you know, keeping her country uh, free. Um, and so that was my first experience with Bridget, but then I see here too that she is associated with wisdom, poetry, healing, protection, blacksmithing, and domesticated animals. So that is uh, that is a little bit more of understanding Bridget's piece. But you you have Irish roots, so you might have a little bit more 
information. I don't know if I have more information, but yeah, I'm I'm Black Irish, so. Um, oh, and I loved your poem that you posted in the Jatakasa. I love it. So great. You know, I love it too. I I uh, went to school at Naropa University in Boulder um, in my early 30s, and to study contemplative psychology. And um, turned out, I really loved my writing classes. Oh, look cauldrons coming to visit us oh, yay. i know she's like here hold on let me get her because she's trying to get in my lap around all these cords oh she's our little jaguar totem but i've decided she's my mini jaguar totem yeah that was great too <laughs> your post on the yeah. jaguar was awesome so yeah. if anybody doesn't know about Ajatakasa, then you really need to find out because Lisa has created this amazing space for us where it's, you know, private and we get to share what we want to share and nobody's judging us. And it's awesome. Thank you, Leah. Oh, I love it so much. I'm getting so much love for my little, my little yeah. right now. Yeah. But yeah, so um, anyways, I ended up taking creative writing. And I loved it so much. And I wrote so much poetry during that time, but that one always cracks me up because it's so Irish. It's so great. <laughs> it's so great. But yeah, so I'm Black Irish. Um, my maiden name is Toll and comes directly from O'Toole. And my family came over on the Mayflower. Um, so our names wow. are on the rock out there. Wow. It's pretty cool. And my family still has, there's a castle that's tied to our family name and everything in Ireland. I've never been there. I want to go, but I haven't yet in this life. But um, so yeah, so I remember growing up, my grandfather um, had all these like bar napkins with like clovers on them. <laughs> from the Irish bars and from St. Patrick's Day and things like that, like hanging in their house. So I remember those being in the house when I was a kid. Um, and uh, we definitely are Irish with our flaming tempers and all those fun things. So that's the, the shadow work of the Irish. But I pulled up this really beautiful uh, goddess card for Bridget and, and her message. And it, it says, don't back down, stand up for what you believe is right. Be clear about your intentions. If you are unclear, then confusion will lessen your power. Like a candle in the dark, be very clear and bright in what is acceptable to you. Make no mistake, I will guide and protect you. And yet think of the unparalleled rise in your own viewpoint if you are able to stand up for yourself speak up about your needs and your deepest truth. And I thought it was interesting that the messages about Bridget and from Bridget, it's very strong. It, it, it does have that Irish energy of like, stand up for who you are, speak your truth, be direct, be clear, be assertive. You know, it's kind of a very female empowering, I feel. It totally is. And when you think about it, those are all the things that women are told not to do mm -hmm. from young ages, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, settle down, don't stand up, don't be too loud, don't be, you know, <laughs> yeah. don't be a bully or bossy. It was like, well, I'm not a boss, but I do want to say what I want to say. 
you know, it's interesting. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I love that message. Well, yeah, I mean, we, we really get taught like as women not to stand up. And if we do, it's like wrong. You know, it's kind of a backwards thing, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know, like, what point in history did we really stand up? I mean, I know, I think of Cleopatra, you know, she was a very powerful Egyptian ruler, you know? Ruler. How many rulers were women, really, that we know of, that we know I mean, of? that's I mean, the thing. Who knows what the history is? I know. I mean, that's the thing, is that we know of, right? Mm -hmm. Because um, the victor writes the story, and so we just don't know of them, um, but certainly, and there are selective some selective stories. Um, and yes, they've been brave women because, you know, whether she was Esther or Rachel in the texts that were handed down to us, they were strong women. Um, and yet, you know, Mother Mary was portrayed as just meek and accepting. And I kind of have a feeling that that might not be exactly true. You know, that she probably to have a son the way she, you know, who he became, I don't think that it was something that she didn't play a part in, <laughs> you know, but um yeah, I think that that is true. And knowing that our uh, story stretches way beyond the 6,000 years that we've been taught, yeah. uh, right? Then we know that there's a lot that has been um, omitted uh, purposefully and unintentionally too, probably. So, mm hmm yeah. Heidi's sharing, she says um, that Bridget is honored by pagans on Imbolc in early February. Bridget crosses, Br Bridget crosses protect homes from fire. That's interesting. Thank you, Heidi. And yeah. so good to have you here. I can't see who's on, but I know Heidi. Yeah. Well, and we've also got Carrie says her favorite goddess is Athena. Um, she said she's her favorite because she treasured agriculture and counseled warriors to gentleness. She said, we can do both. And Sid um, says Mary Magdalene. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm so happy that she mentioned Mary Magdalene because we don't necessarily categorize them as goddesses, mm -hmm. but, you know. But they are. But they are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, and the Mary, you know, Mary, to me, Mary is more of like a memory complex. Like I feel like it's, whether it's Mary, Mother Mary, Mary Magdalene, um, Sid's mentioning Sophia, which a lot of right. people relate to Gaia. Right. It really is this divine feminine mother, because even Kuan Yin, I think, would go in that in yeah. place. Like, to me, it's more of a memory complex that we're tapping into of the memories of the Divine Mother, you know, and, mm. and the Holy Grail, mm. and what that represents. You know, that's why the Ace of Cups is my favorite tarot card. I have them right here. I'll pull it out because it has the, the chalice, which is supposed to be the Holy Grail and the communion cracker above it. I'll pull it out here. And that's part of the symbolism. It has an M on it. I mean, it's for 
Mary, but which Mary, you know, and right. what, what aspect of her. So here it is right here in Rider Waite. So you can see it as the dove. Oh yeah. Alice, it has the communion cracker there. And when you flip it upside down, it's the M for me. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Isn't it? So, you know, it's the hand of God and the Holy Grail, right? That is great. Mm -hmm. And Sid saying, Mary Magdalene, the woman who knew the all. Sophia, symbolic for our quest for Christ, the kingdom of God, enlightenment and home. Yes, for sure. For sure. Beautiful. So to me, Bridget is like the warrior aspect of that. Like, you know, Cauldron, this little girl down here who's on my lap hanging out. Look at how cute she is. She's so cute. But she's an Aries cat. And I'll tell you what, I, I'm totally convinced that she is my little mini jaguar totem. Because jaguar is my power animal. And she is a black kitty. And she is wild. She is a wild and free woman. There is like no taming her. There is no holding her back. She's hurt herself so many times and she doesn't care because she just, nothing's going to stop her from doing what she wants to do. And that to me is that Bridget energy, isn't it? That like fiery, I'm just going to go for it. I'm just going to do what I came here to do and nothing's going to stop me and nothing's going to get me down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she had her little uh, bang up a couple, was it a month or so ago? Mm -hmm. And she stunned herself and she was kind of needing to take care of herself for a few days. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And she did. She rested for a little bit, but she bounced back she way bounced faster than I thought she would. <laughs> yeah. And then she went and hurt herself again. She was like hobbling around the house with like one eye closed, like hobbling with her legs because she hurt her leg and her eye. And I was like, oh my gosh, but she's okay. She's okay. But she is, she's feisty and it makes me giggle because it's like, yeah. she reminds me like, you know, to be feisty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, so, well, she tapped into some of her junk DNA. <laughs> <laughs> she did. Well, and again, it's that Irish, you know, the, the Irish spirit and the energy of like what we're talking about with between St. Patrick's Day and the goddess Bridget, like, I, do you remember, um, she, oh, what's her name? She was the actress who played the mother in uh, Parent Trap with the red hair, beautiful redhead. Oh, yeah. Oh, what was her name? If anybody knows what it is, yeah. I cannot think of it. But she was the mom on Parent Trap, and she also was in many, many movies, really beautiful redhead. But she was a, a Irish woman, and she was just a spitfire. And that is the essence of the Irish woman. Like, they're very... Like, oh, yeah. man, we're not to be messed with, really. And exactly. I think that that energy, there's a place for that in this world. You know, when we talk about the the uh, that aspect of the, the goddess and the divine feminine is, you know, taking not taking any shit from anyone. <laughs> you know, there is something to be said about that. Absolutely. And when you posed the question a little bit ago about, you know, um, 
maybe contemporary goddesses. I mean, what came to my mind was the uh, suffragette movement. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, I don't know if you've uh, had the opportunity to view Iron Jawed Angels. No. Oh, girl, you want to talk about goddesses and standing up for what's right in the world and what they would not compromise on and iron jawed angels. So if anybody needs any kind of examples for contemporary, um, no nonsense, no nonsense, (laughs) (laughs) um, feminine, um, examples of, uh, change makers and yeah, totally. Absolutely. Ooh, I'm putting it on my yeah, do it. Movie list for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, Sid is saying Bridget is the equivalent of the Roman goddess Minerva. That's cool. Yeah. That's super cool. I feel like that's in a kid's movie. There's, you know, the kids watch so many like animated movies. I kind of lose track of some of them, you know, well, so, especially the new ones. But I feel like that's a character in the new yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. And then Tamara is saying it's Natasha Richardson. Oh, the. Uh, oh my God. Tamara said she passed away on March 18th, 2009. And it's March 18th right now. Wow. Blessings, Tamara. Yes. Amazing. Not to mention, like, where did she come from in the ethers that I was thinking of her? I love exactly. that. I love that so much. <laughs> fabulous she played john candy's mom in some movie and i just remember watching that movie and she was older and she was just so fabulous you know she was such a classy beautiful woman like yeah natasha richardson now we know natasha yeah natasha richardson yeah see say her name natasha richardson yeah beautiful love it Sid says we have to dig for the divine feminine. Isn't that part you think going back to this junk DNA, like it's not junk. Right. Um, Just like the divine feminine, you know, like you're saying, I mean, oh, she was married to Liam Neeson. There you go. Wow. That's a couple. Whoa. (laughs) We're learning more and more. I know. This is great. Thank you for Putting it up there. That's awesome. Buddhist biohackers entertainment tonight. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And so um, you were saying just before uh, Liam kind of showed his head here. Yes. um, Yeah. Oh, about the junk DNA. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. That's Mm -hmm. really great, Lisa. Mm -hmm. Because we are, we're unraveling. our story, our history, uh, having to rediscover it. And we're having to rediscover some of this, what we would call latent DNA. Um, you know, and then you have the work of like uh, Carolyn Mice and Dr. Joe Dispenza, and they're all helping us kind of tap into those places, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and how much of what we're not using right now is feminine yeah. energy. I wonder. Yeah. <laughs> and perhaps 
the age of Aquarius, this, this awakening of the divine feminine is an awakening of some of these functions right. that he has not been able to explain. Right. I mean, that's the thing is the history says there's a lot of stuff. Oh, you don't need this organ. We'll just cut it out. You know, okay. oh, you don't need to go, you know, do this. We're going to take forceps and pull the baby out with, and squeeze its head. Right. That's the history. Right. right. Versus the herstory, which is connecting with the organ and right. working with the energy and what the dis-ease is showing you. Right. And, you know, and it kind of, that's a very, the, the, it's a very historical way to look at DNA is to say, oh, 98% of this is junk. You don't even need it. Let's just get rid of it. Sure, Versus sure. the herstory of these these parts of our DNA, which is, well, what are they doing there? How do I activate them? And what do I do with them? I mean, that's a very feminine way to view it versus the the masculine energy, which no offense to those of you men who are listening, but it is a very masculine thing to say, well, we don't need it. We'll just get rid of it or cut it off or cut it out or, you know. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that all men um, are not connected to their feminine side. Right. And I think that that's definitely getting truer and truer, you know, as mm -hmm. we, um, you know, just really empower men to tap into those feminine qualities, right? Because they were always seen as uh, they interfere. You can't be soft. You can only be strong. Well, you need both. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't just be strong. You're going to crash and burn. Uh, and you can't just be soft because you need to stand up sometimes. Yep. <laughs> right? Yep. Totally. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So any any other stuff on Bridget or junk DNA? I don't know. Do you have parting words of wisdom for us today? I can't believe oh, how fast a, an hour. I mean, it's just insane to me. It is. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just feel really enjoyed your bringing that awareness to junk DNA being re-evaluated, more explored, and the fact that the feminine is also needing to be re-evaluated and more explored. I think that's mm -hmm. just a great little connection there. I do too. I'm, and, and, and yeah, uh, for people that are interested, there is the book, The Great uh, Cosmic Mother mm -hmm. and God Herself. And, um, oh, there's others, but we'll, we should start putting them in our little paragraph yes we should we should and if you guys have ideas yeah. like about what you want to talk about in here we would love it because we'll be back um in a few weeks to talk more about all of this great stuff and about our ancient future and you know it's kind of a little playground for me and christine so whatever yeah. you guys want to know or explore or share if there's a goddess you want us to focus on for next time we'd love that absolutely and, um, I just love you so much, Christine. I love spending some time love with you. you. Love you Thank you so much. It's a great way to end the week on the mm -hmm. on Buddhist Biohacker. Yeah. And then we're jumping into One Heart, One Earth 
next weekend. Yes, it's a good point. If you want to know all about it, you can go to oneheartoneearth.net. It is our one-year anniversary next week. Yay! Awesome. So amazing. It's like we the the stats are crazy. It's like 12,000 minutes of content we created or something last year. It was some crazy. And um, so we're celebrating all that content and revisiting it and looking at it because there's so much rich content. And I mean, you could have one awakening after another if you just sat and watched the video content, really. Um, So next weekend is a weekend watch party and we have prizes to give away and I'll be live with almost 60 guests in three days next weekend. And it's gonna be so incredible. And so you can join us here at Buddhist Biohacker um, and you can also check out the website with the schedule, which is again, oneheartoneearth.net. The schedule and the prizes are listed on there. We have lots of giveaways and it's just really, really awesome. So I'm excited about it. Yeah, congratulations, Lisa. You've accomplished monumental things in a year. Oh, thank you so much. Well, and it's funny because it's a nice completion actually, because I'm going to slow it down a little bit. Um, but you know, we're still here and we'll be here every week. Um, but it's going to be nice to, it's like the race. I don't, we don't need to run the race. So I'm slowing it down a little bit. And I think it's going to be really nice for all of us because there's so much to visit and talk about and look at and connect with. And I think we're going to have time to do that. So that makes me happy. So thank you so much, Christine, and to everybody watching. I just love you. And I love everybody who's watching and connected and just wonderful. And thank you, Heidi. Heidi said, thank you. Sid's like awesome hour. Thank you guys so much. And um, we'll see you for our next goddess history time Mm -hmm. here in a few weeks. Yep. Sounds good. Bye guys. We'll see you in a Jatakasa. Yes.